So we bought a house. This should be episode house. And uh, I realized, like, none of the stuff that I have right now is a result of my job. You hear what I say? Not anything. Not this shirt that I have on. Not this watch that I have on. Not this fancy, smancy microphone. Not this computer that I'm watching you on. Um, not this office that we're sitting in right now. None of this came from the job. And if I sat around waiting for the job to do me do it for me, I'd never have none of this shit. What up now? Tweet talk. Episode, episode 76. It's lit. Woo time! Hot, hot. Hot. This podcast is brought to you in part by investattheteam.com. We have created the official merch of generational wealth. You have to shift your mindset from employee to you can't fire me the boss. Always remember, no sacrifice, no reward. Hood Estates, exclusive collection available at investattheteam.com. Now back to the world's greatest podcast. Are we on the air? Tweet what it sounds like to be the best. This is a Black Wealth Podcast. Build wealth, invest, own, and close the wealth gap. It's time to break down these financial concepts with your host, Mr. Todd Meganer himself, Charles Oglesby, and Raphael Husband. Episode Sean Bradley. (laughs) Episode Allen Iverson in the All-Star game. Okay. I was going to say Iverson. Okay. Okay. Much better than episode Sean Bradley. I don't even know who that is, man. Oh, you don't? Who the heck is that? Is that the guy who married married Kim Kardashian? No, no, no. That was Chris Humphrey. No. Oh. um, Sean Bradley was a seven foot six. Uh, white Mormon who played in the NBA for a short time. Mm. Actually, he was episode episode LeBron James at the Olympics, right? Oh, LeBron James in uh, Miami. You know. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Episode LeBron James. You know, I realized that I'm a LeBron James fan today. Um, <laughs> And I like to root for like the underdog. And so like when LeBron James was the underdog, I like was sold out like he's going to make it. He just needs to support a cast. And then when he became like the man, I was like, I got to find a new underdog to root for, which made me a LeBron hater by default. But I'm not a LeBron hater. I actually a LeBron fan. And I realized that because I keep getting the same haircut as LeBron James. Um, And I think that LeBron James is like the model black man. Like everybody should aspire to be LeBron James. Um, Just he checks all the boxes, man. Raphael. What's going on? What's going on is we are rapidly approaching the holidays. Thanksgiving is right around the corner, which will be very interesting in these COVID times. Uh, I'm in New Jersey where the governor is trying to put a lockdown on us again. And we're talking about possibly having only a maximum of 10 people at family gatherings. Like, my thing is, are you going to send somebody to somebody to our house to see if we got 10 people or less at the Thanksgiving table? But whatever, it's going to be very interesting this holiday season. Yeah. Um, you know, people are getting creative, though. I've seen people doing things like outside, you know, mm-hmm. they're doing um, like every time I'm in like a different city, I see folks having like birthday parties in the front street. <laughs> People just kind of show up on your front line and hang out. So, I mean, outdoor Thanksgiving might, might sound kind of crazy, but I mean, I've done outdoor Thanksgiving before. I'm not against that. Mm. Um, I just, I feel like it's interesting how we went from everything is doom and gloom, Donald Trump, Biden gets elected. All of a sudden there's a vaccine now. And then people started questioning it and they're like, oh, uh, that's pretty convenient that there's a vaccine as soon as they win the election. And then I think there's scrambling now to cover their foot tracks because they don't want to look crazy. They don't want to look like, oh man, we out here uh, finessing the country like they finessed the country. I saw a truck today and it said <laughs> it said something about the scamdemic. It said stop the scamdemic. And I personally feel like, no, keep it, keeping it 100. A lot of times I say that, people will get really mad and they'll say, oh, I can't believe you said it's not real. I know somebody who passed away. Look, I'm not saying that people don't get sick. I'm not saying that doesn't happen. I'm saying that it was overblown. It was oversold. It was made to seem like it was worse than it actually was. And so that's why when I see all these people saying like, we're going to shut it down. It's frustrating because like, if I knew multiple people in my family that were like sick, ill in the hospital, I'd be freaking out. I don't know nobody. I mean, I know one person, one person, I have a close friend and he has it and he's going to come through it. But like, honestly, like even that, like he's working through it. It's not like we're at the hospital visiting him. And so I just feel like people have to be free thinkers. If you aren't a free thinker, like it's going to be really difficult for you to make a lot of money in America because America is not set up for you to make a lot of money. America, 
America isn't set up for the average person who falls in line with the average dogma to make a lot of money. If you listen to the average thinking, you're going to be average. You're going to have a basic job, a bunch of debt. You're going to work until 62 and you're going to eat dog food. And so you can't live like that if you want to win. So it's true in life. It's also true in general. So it's like everything that I see, I take with a grain of salt. I watch CNBC with a grain of salt. I do my own thinking. I come to my own conclusions because that's how I can maneuver in ways that other people don't maneuver. Yeah, gotta think for yourself, people. And you know what's funny? Um, I put out a tweet last week saying, if you stop being friends with somebody over who they voted for, were you ever really their friend? Mm. I didn't say anything about Trump. I didn't say anything about Biden. And people went nuts for that tweet. Like a bunch of requote tweets like... Well, if they voted for a racist and somebody who's against like uh, humanity or something like that, then were they ever really my friend? I'm like, whoa. <laughs> I feel like politics, man. There's a reason why people said don't discuss politics. Like back in my day, you weren't supposed to discuss politics or religion mm-hmm. and maybe some other stuff. And I realized because like, see, the thing is, is they you can't have that conversation with somebody who's automatically going to tell you that you're all these things that you're not. So if I give you my opinion and your response is, oh, you don't care about humanity. Like, are you serious? Like, do I, I don't care about humanity. Like, but that's how extreme these politicians have to go to make you vote for them and get on their side. They have to paint you as though you're a monster. You're going to send them back and chains, all these things. That's how they sell it. And so when somebody sees you, somebody who only wants the best for them, somebody whose body of work and whose track record shows that you legit are putting on for your people. You just happen to believe a certain way. All of a sudden, it's like, bro, you're a racist. You're a bigot. You're an Uncle Tom. You're all these things. And so you can't even have the conversation with anybody. You just got to be like, I won't discuss politics. I have my politics and you can have your politics. And we just be out here living, man. Right. And the thing is, we out here supposed to be building black wealth. And people want to talk about group economics, group economics, group economics. But what happens if the brother down the street votes for the other party? Do we not make money with him because we don't agree with his politics? Like, how many divisions are we going to create for ourselves? We got to be American. We got to be American born. You got to vote the right way, according to us. You got to have the right religion. We just watering ourselves down, you know, like diluting ourselves or what power we do have. Like, move mm-hmm. on, people. You got to look past these things. It's unfortunate. I was talking about this and I was like, when like Donald Trump was in office, he's still in office, but like, you know, when he wasn't a lame dunk president, (laughs) um, we all had to rally together. Like it wasn't black liberal lives matter. It was just black lives matter. Like granted, I don't really particularly care for the organization, but we didn't move as as enemies. We weren't separate. We were all united against the Donald Trumpness and take it for what it's worth. I think that was dope because we can't move forward if we're not united. Unfortunately, when we get somebody in the White House who we think is our ally, we stop relying on other people and we start relying on that guy. And my problem with that is then we lose all our all of our power because Joe Biden is one person. And so we're expecting one person to take care of millions when if each of us just chose that we were going to make a difference in our own life, we would actually have way more impact. Like my impact is a lot greater than just my life. And so if you have other people that are doing that, then you have that multiple times over. But if you have people who aren't doing that because they're waiting for Joe Biden to do it for them, then you actually see a depression in the African-American community as opposed to what we've been seeing lately. There's so much Black success going on. In the beginning, it just started out as like support for each other's business. And now it's legit. Folks just winning across the board, Raphael. It's crazy. Everywhere you look up is somebody who's doing well in business. And of course, you have like that little coalition of dudes who were in Atlanta, Mr. Two Weeks, CEO, Maddie J, Him 500, um, all those guys, which is dope to see. But outside of that, we're, we've all just been killing it because we've been killing it in business as opposed to killing it, hoping for a raise hoping for integration, hoping for inclusion and diversity and hoping for representation. We've just been representing ourselves, man. I'm the boss in this building. I got the corner offices in, the, in this building. I determine what products we incorporate on in this building. I determine what customers we work with in this building. I determine what products we're going to launch in this building. And that is more empowering than just the money. That's a, that's you go home. You, everybody around you stands different in that instance. Like everybody, your parents talk about you different. Your friends and family talk about you different. Your wife looks at you different. Your son looks at you different. It's like Dame Dash. Who's a superhero? I'm going to be the superhero in my household because I bossed up and I put my last name and my business on a shirt as opposed to just hoping that somebody else is just going to, in the kindness of their heart, pay me what I'm worth.
Yeah, I know. It's funny. Did you see that? Did you see that story about the 19 black families that bought like 97 acres of land in Georgia? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I watched the, the the interview and everything. I be I be getting my education on, man. <laughs> now they're talking about creating a whole city, like they and they need to buy more land to make it happen. Like you think they, you think they um they only getting Democrats for the city? Like you create a whole city, <laughs> you gotta get all kinds, man. You gotta eat plumbers, yeah. doctors, Democrats, liberals, Republicans whatever you know what I'm saying straight gay whatever like first things first you black are you about making a better life for our people and our children and our future that's the most yeah. important thing man it's like uh, when a police officer pulls his gun up on you he doesn't ask if you're a democrat or a Republican. <laughs> <laughs> you see your voter registration card boy yep yeah, gotta let that stuff go, man. Focus on what's really important. But um, that was a powerful story. 19 black families come together to buy raw land in Jordan and they're going to get together and build a city. Yeah, it's a worthy endeavor, you know. It makes you think because we always we always make it seem like we can't get nothing done. But it's like there's all this land out there. Like it's some land out there and they just put together a bunch of people and it probably didn't cost them a ton of money. And now they're out here and they're building something. Like instead of like fighting to be included in this, somebody else's development just go develop your own it's not going to be fun but your grandparent your grandkids will be better off because you built something as opposed to just begging and waiting so i was inspired um, one thing that i liked about their story is they bought the land in an llc and so it wasn't just like oh well you pitch in and you pitch in i mean that was it but it was still they're renting it like a business and so this whole thing is a business and so they're looking at ways to generate revenue for the business they're looking at ways to grow the business. And I thought that was so powerful and the different people that they were bringing in, that was just cool to see because financing looks different when it's a business versus when it's just like a bunch of people who are just trying to do some stuff. Like it's a business and the goal is to generate revenue and make a profit. So who knows, they might be able to flip it, turn it into a crowd fund, go public, do all that kind of stuff because it's a business. And so then we can all pull our money behind what they're doing and that'll help them develop it. And I think right. that might be one of their ideas. So um, those are the things that happen when you get started started <laughs> for the people who are still on the sidelines, like with these great ideas, like just get started, man. You find some stuff that'll find you. Get started, get fancy later. So you gotta do, gotta get yourself in motion. So you get things done and then you, you run it, you get yourself in motion. You, you see things that you couldn't have seen or thought of if you had stayed still. So get in motion, people. Opportunity comes to you when you're in motion. Now, Charles, you want to got any stock talk for us tonight? Um, yeah, man, I always got stock talk. Um, I would just say that right now, we're in a really unique space. Um, as far as headlines go, Tesla just got added to the S&P 500. Um, so what does that mean? It means that they're being added to one of the largest indexes and they have certain rules and regulations for you to be added there. Um, but the stock increased about 7%. The news is saying it's probably one of the most valuable companies to be added to the S&P. So it kind of makes you wonder why it took them so long to even get added in the first place. Uh, maybe it's just Elon's erratic behavior. Maybe it's the lofty valuation. Maybe it's the lack that they weren't running a profit for so long, but it's cool to see um, Elon making strides. Um, the stock popped like 13% overnight and then kind of settled into 7%. So that's always tell people that if you're in options, take those gains. But for me, I have a portfolio that's kind of spread across the board. And so I have a bunch of value plays. And then I also have some like tech plays. So I also own some Amazon, some Zoom. I own a bunch of stuff. I've been buying shit. It's kind of spreading my money across just because I don't know. I think I might've bought some, co I didn't buy any Costco today. I bought a JW Nordstrom today and that went up like 6%. It's trading at about $20 per share. It's pre-COVID highs were $40 per share. And so my thing is I put like, I put some money in there. And my thing is like, you know, if it goes back to COVID levels, I double my money. If it doesn't go back to COVID levels because the market, so if it doesn't go back to COVID levels and maybe it goes to like 30, I get a 50% return. I'm always looking for the, the discounts. I want to buy the dips. Um, but what's impressive to me, well, what's interesting is like somebody asked, well, like, well, what if they don't go back to where they came from? What if they're more, they're their business kind of, it doesn't go back to what it used to be. I'm like, well, you know what? Worst case scenario, I'm at 50, I'm at $20 per share right now. It'll probably stay at $20 per share. I might lose $5 a share. That's a risk I'm willing to take. But best case scenario, I'm at least going to get a 50% return and double my money. So even if it doesn't go back to where it fell from, at least if it goes better than where it fell to, I'm a happy person. And so that's the investment approach I've been taking across the board. Um, they have had multiple rounds of uh, vaccine news. And so last week, Pfizer's vaccine was 
was 90% effective. And now Moderna on Monday released results for their vaccine at 94, I think 0.5% effective approximately, which is actually more effective than Pfizer. So um, the market reacted pretty strongly. Um, last week, I made $100,000 in a day off of vaccine news. Um, this week on the high, it was about 28. And so I'm still locked in my profit. I was just happy that Monday was a good day and I locked in some profit. L- lost a little bit of money today, like 2% or like $2,000 today, but that's to be expected. You kind of expect to give up a little bit of your gains, but you kind of want to lock in the foundation. Um, so it's like, what do you do with $100,000 in a day? Nothing reinvested. I was talking about how you once it's invested, you got to keep it invested. And so the goal is to like, yeah, you made $100,000 in a day. Like, what do you do? I'm going to invest it into more stuff because that's the goal. The goal is to roll it up. $100,000 ain't no money. It mm-hmm. might sound like money, but it ain't no money. $100,000 ain't free. And so I got to reinvest that $100,000. I was thinking about this today. Uh, one of my accounts does pretty well. And I was like, man, if somebody had what was in there, what would they, that would like be a blessing to somebody's business as like a business grant or like a business loan. And so I need to make sure that I deploy that money strategically so that I can grow this business. It might look like getting a website. It might look like getting all these other things together. I got to put it into the brand, invest back into the brand. So circling back to stocks, what we're seeing right now is there's still opportunity in the value plays. So don't sleep on those. If you have not gotten a chance to get in on some of those stocks, definitely take advantage now or forever hold your peace. Um, I was talking about how we always wait for these recessions. And then when you get a discount, people start running away. And they were saying like the stock market is the only place where things go on sale and people leave the store and <laughs> run into the store. And so it's ugly. And I think that's why it's because it's when you see a, a low stock price, what's going to happen is you're going to hear a bunch of negativity. Oh, they might be going bankrupt. Oh, their sales are lower. Oh, they're getting beat by Amazon and digital sales. Oh, this, oh, that. They're, that's the reason why people don't buy it. People, when they invest in stocks, they want to buy the things people are saying good stuff about. And that's a mistake. When you buy stuff like that, you buy something at a lofty valuation. We saw that with Zoom. Zoom got crushed. It's continued to get crushed. It's down about 15% from the high and it still has a lot longer to go. Um, I'm not sure if I mentioned this on this show, but I want to say it was trading at around six-ish and like the actual price target based off of um, just different different analysis is like 300 bucks. That stock could get cut in half. Before COVID, I think it was trading at like 100 bucks per share. It was nothing compared to what it's trading at now. I avoid things like that because they're not fundamentally sound. At the end of the day, we're buying a business. We're not buying a chart. We're not buying numbers. We're buying a business. If that business does not perform, it is not worth what they're saying it's worth, period. If the sales don't match it, it's not worth what it's worth. And so it was benefiting from all these different things. Granted, if we have another shutdown, maybe we could see some 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 run up in that stock, but I'm not banking on that. I'm banking on value because the reason why I can make $100,000 in a day is because I bought something super discounted, super discounted, and I bought a lot of it. And so it goes up 25% in that day. Now, the thing is, I tell people that if you buy something that's cut in half, when it goes back up to where it fell from, you don't make 50%, you make 100%, you make a lot of money. And so that's why I want you to be buying things at a discount. It's ugly. It's not fun. That's where you get rich. The people who got rich last recession are the people who bought the homes. People always said, man, I wish I'd have bought my home when it was that cheap. Well, you didn't Mm -hmm. want to buy that thing. You were scared. You thought it was the price is going to continue to go down. You kept finding excuses. Mm -hmm. Get some balls and buy some stuff that's going to make you money, not buy stuff that everybody's saying to you don't look stupid. Man, I look stupid. And meanwhile, I got Robinhood and I'm up 68%. Not a lot of people make 68% on a stock, but I do it all the time because I'm willing to look foolish because I know I know more than them. I put the time and the effort and the energy in to know more than them. I'm reading 10 finance books between now and hopefully January 1st, but I give myself some grace period and said until February 1st. And we're just going to buckle down. If you buckle down, you can get it done. If you start wasting time, you can get it done. If you educate yourself, you'll be able to make the big bucks. Yo, it's the Options Trading Workshop presented by Tide Capital. Learn the fundamentals and advanced trading strategies that allow us the chance to earn $20,000 in side money in one year while working a job and running multiple businesses. That's right. Learn the what, the where, and the how of options trading in this exclusive webinar. To find out more details, hit us up on the link in the bio, on Instagram at Partner with Millie, or on Instagram at Todd.Capital, or just head over to gumroad.com forward slash Todd Capital. Okiefa Shades is their premier choice for sunglasses. Top quality, unique, signature, fresh, trendy. 
Our shades provide significant UV light protection for eyes, and we have the best customer service around. The freshest and trendiest styles for both men and women. The finest shades to fit your style. Okia for Shades is the premier choice for sunglasses. Visit www.okiafashades.com. That's O-K-I-Y-E-F-A Shades.com. Or on IG or Facebook at Okiafa Shades. Or on Twitter at DJ Ebrock. That was tonight's Stop Talk, courtesy of the Todd Capital Options community. Actually, you're changing the name of that, aren't you? Yeah, we're calling it the Todd Capital Options and Wealth Building Community. We just had a trekking conference call today. I think it was fantastic. I'm super excited about what we're bringing. And it's so funny because I always complain about competition, but competition makes you better. Somebody launched a community similar to mine alongside of me, and I was like, you know what? I got to step it up. And actually kind of gave me an excuse because I kind of wanted to expand my my reach, but I didn't do it because I didn't want to mess with success. I had some blockbusterism in me, and that kind of pushed me to do it. And so one of the reasons why we're doing that is to increase retention. We want to we want people to come in and stay. So we want to give them different things that we can add value to them for. And then also it's going to attract more people because we have a more broad scope. Um, and then also it's just going to allow us to add more value to more people. So I know people are interested in a lot of different things, but a lot of people on that conference call tonight. So we got more stuff coming. I got Pocky next next uh, Tuesday. Um, we're going to be doing some vending machine conversations. We're going to be doing some e-com conversations. I reached out to Dantes. He may or may not come on. He might have a conflict, but I know his DMs are kind of crazy. But you know, we are building options and wealth community. Building. This is for the builders. So, Charles, you had a you had a tweet where you said, shout out to the uh, Todd Capital Business Mastermind group, by the way. Definitely everybody should be a part of that. I'm surprised there aren't more people at least on the calls. You know, I thought it was going to be much bigger, honestly. But you had a tweet where you said, no such thing as a bad business idea. Um, You know, I don't like people shut down people's business ideas, man. It really upsets me. And I see it happen a lot. Um, but what I think is that there's really no bad business. I think that businesses take time, but there's no bad business. Why is that important? It's important because I think that sometimes we try to skip over that and we just go over and it's a big part of the reason why people just copy other people. They're like, oh, their business idea is good. So let me just go ahead and cop that. And you kill it for everybody. We said that before, but I just, I don't want people to get discouraged and think that their idea has to be this novel idea because you never know what it's going to change and morph into. Um, I gave the the example of, actually, I think I had this idea because I was out in Palm Springs and I, I came across a place that sells rocks. And I was like, they legit sell rocks, man. <laughs> and they had a huge place and they, I don't know what they sell rocks for or who they sell them to, but they sell them. And I think that if more of us understood that there's no bad businesses, more of us will be in business. We're all like, oh, if I don't have the best business idea, I'm going to just work a job instead of just like working your business. We need, honestly, there should be a black alternative for everything. And I know when a lot of sense there is, like if you go on like uh, the We Buy Black platform, like they pretty much have a black alternative for everything. But I feel like we need more. Like there's no reason why we should be sitting on skill sets and not taking them to market. There's no reason why we shouldn't be selling every single thing that needs to be sold in our community. There's no reason why we shouldn't have everything. But the problem is we just think if it's not that silver bullet of a business idea or maybe that sexy business idea or maybe that like glamorous business idea, we don't want to touch it. We need people to do everything, make paper, make metal, make all that stuff. And that's how you have a thriving community, not just a community where you make a bunch of money and then you lose it all because somebody copied your idea. So I just, I I say that because I don't want anybody to feel like they can't do what they aspire to do. You can do it. It's just going to look like work. A lot of people don't want to put the work in. They want to do something once or twice and be rich and not realize. And that's why you got to kind of do something that you're passionate about and that you love and not do it for the money. Any business that I've started for the money does not work because I'm I'm not going to really market it and advertise it. My mere existence at Tide Capital, it promotes the business all the time, 24-7. And so that's why I just, I don't know. I think that I want people to try more stuff. I want people to experiment more things, just put it out there and just and see what the market gives them. Because sometimes we try to qualify an idea in our head before letting the market qualify us. Or we try to let our friends determine if it's going to be a hot idea instead of letting the market determine it. And that's another thing I want us to get away from is you need to let the market determine what's hot. You need to let the market determine your price. People, they do the same thing with pricing. Like, well, should I do it at $50 or $75 or $100? The market's going to tell you what it's worth. And if the market tells you that it's worth $10, you better accept that the market said it's worth $10. And then you got to figure out ways to get your value up. But don't try to fool the market. You cannot fool the market. The market is what the market is. Right, right. And you also had a, um, a tweet where you said your day job is just to keep you from being hungry or homeless. If you want to build wealth, you must create something on top of that job. 
So we bought a house. This should be episode house. Mm-hmm. And uh, I realized like none of the stuff that I have right now is a result of my job. Not anything. Not this shirt that I have on. Not this watch that I have on. Not this fancy smancy microphone. Not this computer that I'm watching you on. Um, not this office that we're sitting in right now. None of this came from the job. And if I sat around waiting for the job to do me do it for me, I'd never have none of this shit. And that's why a lot of people that are older don't have shit because they're sitting around waiting for their job to provide what their business is supposed to provide for them. Granted, I still feel like in a lot of ways, jobs are necessary. And so I'm kind of in a dilemma right now. I talked all that shit about quitting my job. Like, I'm out. We out. And now I'm like, you know, my job kind of serves a purpose. What purpose does my job serve? My job allows me to invest every cent that I make in Gumroad into the stock market. I'm not using that money to pay my bills. Uh, My job allows me to take the money that it has that I have coming in through LaunchPass and buy rental properties with it or buy vending machines with it or pay salaries with it um, because I'm not eating from the tree that was planted. And so the job isn't going to build your wealth, but it's essential to you building wealth. You still have to build something on top of it. And it shouldn't be either or. A lot of people, they, and that's why I always say that a job is, a business is not a job alternative. Like it's not something that you do to replace your job. It's something that you do while you're running, while you're doing your job. A lot of people want to leave their job and they haven't built nothing yet. Like at least if I did decide to leave, honestly, I could afford to leave. But I like to separate what I do from the need for money. Because if I need the money, I feel like I taint the process instead of just doing it for the love. Granted, I said this on the prior shows that I feel like a big part of the reason why I was able to hustle up is because my back was against the wall. And so that's something I battle with as well. And so sometimes I'm like, well, just try it out. Kind of like Jimmy Johnson told me to do. Just try it out and see. Worst case scenario, you can go back to the job. Worst case scenario, you can buy it. You can get another job. But for people who are starting out, if you are working a job and you're dissatisfied, you shouldn't get mad at the job. You shouldn't be over here asking for raises. Go out, create your own raise. Go out, use the same skills you're using the job and create a business. Same skills, very same skills. You don't got to do nothing different. Package up as a consultant um, and sell it to other people. And so that said, what I use my job for now, I don't even use my job for housing expenses. I use my job for Starbucks and Uber Mm. Eats. I just like to make sure I can always get Starbucks if I want some Starbucks. I can always get Uber Eats if I want some Uber Eats. If I want to eat a steak on a Friday night, I'm going to get a steak on a Friday night. If I want to get a Chick-fil-A sandwich, I get a Chick-fil-A sandwich. I want to get a Chipotle. I I just like not having to think about what I want to eat. I eat what I want to eat. And that's cool. So I say all that to say that I think both are essential. Um, I would love to get to the point where I do this full time. And I think that I'll be there once I have the assets there, not just the cash. And so that's what I'm aggressively working towards now. So that's where we're putting money into these rehabs. That's where we're putting in money into more acquisitions, more rental properties. And these tenants, they better pay us the 17th, man. I'll be too lenient. Um, folks need to get evicted. But yeah, man. Yeah, man. Tell you. So for this episode's Black billionaire banter. I had to touch on a, a, a story I saw. Nigerian billionaire Benedict Peters has announced that his company Bravura Holdings Limited intends to develop a platinum mine in Zimbabwe with at least a billion dollars. Now, that's pretty big. Like, we barely know that there's rat. I mean, some people don't even realize there's rich black people out there mm-hmm. and there's rich black Africans out there in Africa. And this brother's co- got a company that's looking to start mining platinum in another country. He's in Nigeria. His company's looking to mine in Zimbabwe, which has like the third largest um, uh, amount of platinum in the world but people don't really mind it because the laws and stuff is so tricky there but he's planning to get in for about a billion dollars and it's going to take him it's going to take the company about 18 months just to get it rolling 18 months I'm pretty sure he's got a long term view when he does things and when I saw this story it, it, it made me think about something the difference between black African billionaires and black African American billionaires to me what's the difference the majority of black African billionaires get their wealth through industry and the majority of black African-American billionaires get their wealth through celebrity. It's something to think about. It's a it's a little weird dynamic. So when you think about it, Oprah, straight celebrity personality, you got people, I mean, you touched on this a little bit too, right? You've been talking about this on one episode. Besides David Stewart and uh, Robert Smith, they're, they're into tech. But the other ones, you think Oprah Winfrey, celebrity. LeBron James is not a billionaire, but he's a professional athlete with us celebrity michael jordan celebrity that's how it gets started kanye c- celebrity i mean he 
he made his he he's a billionaire off the the Yeezy brand. But what kicks it all off is Kanye, the icon, the celebrity, the artist. So that's that's really strange. Like, what do you think about that, Charles? Black people in Africa getting rich off industry, and and here in this country, they're getting rich off celebrity. Um, well, there are rich black celebrities in Africa. Um, so I think we should, I guess, acknowledge that point. I'm saying I like billionaires, it, billionaire, the the billion, the, the the top top billionaires. Um, I really don't know what to make of it, honestly. Um, I think that maybe there could be some exclusion because it, it costs so much to get into those spaces. Um, so it's like if it's going to cost you a bunch and nobody's going to give you the loan. <laughs> And right. nobody's going to help you get there. You're just like, oh, well, I guess I got to use what God gave me, which is my talent. They can't take that from me. And you got to just hustle it up that way. Um, but one thing that I um, I was going to say was, man, I forgot where I was going with that. Dang, I had a point to make off of that, but I forgot. I drew a blank. I drew a blank. There's at least a handful of uh, African billionaires that are in cement of all things. Yeah. Like they make their money off literally building cement. And then there's oil, a lot of them in oil and natural resources. It's just, it's just an interesting thing to think about the different cultures too, I guess. Yeah. But that was our black billionaire banter for this episode. So moving on. So you said when you beg for acceptance and representation, they get your following and they also get the money that comes with that following. They also make you obsolete. Man, I forgot what context this was in. I really do. I forgot. I forgot the context, but essentially it's, it's, uh, hmm, I don't know. I, I forgot the context. I can't even, I can't even expand it because I don't really, I don't know why I said that. It'd be cool if you had the tweet before it, but it's all good. Like I was saying earlier, shout out to the Todd Capital Business Mastermind Group. Um, like they say, our iron sharp is iron. It's good to get in there and get a group going. You know, you bounce ideas off each other and you get encouragement. You know, people who tend to be entrepreneurs sometimes live alone life, you know, because their friends might not be entrepreneurs and don't understand what they're doing. So it's good to, to get kind of like a support group and the different minds have you come up with marketing and stuff like that. Like we had the artist on getting advice about how to market his products and build his following up and increase his sales. Definitely should look into the Talk Capital Business Mastermind Group. And tonight we were talking about a book called The Obstacle is the Way. Very good discussion. You know, they were saying the impit. What was he saying? The obstacle is the way. What is in the way becomes the way. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. One of the things I like is they were saying like the impediment to action kind of like advances the action. So kind of like what's in your way actually advances you. I like it because I didn't really expand on this, but I think it applies to black people. Like so many of the things that people complain about is actually the way they should be going about life. So instead of like complaining about the obstacle, use the obstacle to advance your agenda. So instead of complaining about like police officers or complaining about politicians or complaining about lack of funding or complaining about not having a grocery store in your community, like use that that as a reason to grow and improve and create your own. And that's where the wealth flows. I think that's where I was going with that is in America, we're sold like this defeatist narrative that even if it was possible, we're sold that it's not possible. And I think that's what it is, is on one hand, it's very expensive to do these things. But on the other hand, people have been sold that they couldn't do it even if they tried. And so nobody tries. But in Africa, I don't think that that's necessarily the case. And so I feel like that was the point I was trying to make. And that's where I drew up like and I was kind of frustrated, but it all relates. It's like the the thing that's in your way is actually what you should be kind of celebrating. It's like it's only going to make you bigger and better. And so celebrate those things as opposed to sitting around moping, complaining about them because that's not going to move it out of the way. So I, I, I don't know how to convey to people that that's like sometimes I read books and I'm like, man, if black people read this, they wouldn't think like how they think. And then I realized like that's why I don't think how I think because I read those things and people argue with me because they don't read those things. But I want people to understand that book is so powerful. Like every single excuse, every single good reason, every single ism, every single whatever, it doesn't matter. It's there for your benefit. It's there for your good. It's there to improve you and refine you and get you to your destiny. But if you only sit there and point at it and get mad, you're not going to get your progress and you're going to blame the obstacle. You're going to say, well, the obstacle is there. I couldn't do it. Like, no, the obstacle is there for you to kick his butt. And if you kick the obstacle's butt, you're going to be better for it. On the other side of that, you're going to be greater. On the other side of that, you're going to have more wealth. I, I was talking about how like it's it's liberating to buy a house and know that everything's taken care of because we have the resources, we have the passive income, we have all these different things that it's not dependent upon my job. And I did that on purpose. I did that because like I said, I've experienced jobs letting you go and I never wanted to feel that ever again in my life. And so every single time I've been making steps towards that, I've been making steps towards that by being a better employee 
But I've also been making steps towards that by by just like bossing up outside of my job. And so a big motivation for why I run my businesses is because I don't trust a job. I do not trust a job. I do not trust somebody else's business, somebody else's enterprise to provide for me indefinitely because they failed me one too many times. And so like, instead of me getting mad at the job, I became better. And because I became better, other people's lives became better. And so if we just choose to see the obstacle and improve, everything gets better. But if we see the obstacle and we continue to point at the obstacle and say, oh my God, it's an obstacle. Nothing nothing changes. You don't got to change because you're under the, the mindset of like, well, I don't got to change because this obstacle is so big and daunting. Like, no, like you have to, you have to do something outside of just being a little B. So you think your sneakers look good, huh? Check this out. <laughs> Even the most exclusive sneakers once purchased look identical to everybody else's sneakers. Can I get a holla holla? So how do you take your boring, regular sneakers and convert them to unique, dynamic sneakers that will stand out? Yo, that answer is easy. You need to g- g- get laced with Get Lace Shoelaces. Yes, yeah, Get Lace is a lifestyle shoelace retailer dedicated to inspiring customers through a unique combination of products, creativity, and cultural understanding. We just want you to upgrade your sneakers. So get laced. Visit GetLacedLaces.com or check us out on Instagram at GetLaced.com. Underscore. Upgrade your sneakers with a black-owned business that provides international shipping, wholesale, custom, and fundraising options. Upgrade them sneakers, baby. Use a genius, man. Get yours today at GetLaceLaces.com. Premium sneakers need premium laces. Don't be a little beast. Start a little business. Now, what I thought about when we were talking about the impediment least the action, I mean, keep forgetting the exact phrase. The obstacle is the way. To me, it's kind of, I, I started thinking about strength training. Like, if the desired result that you want is to be stronger, you want strength, what's the obstacle? Heavy objects. You got to pick up those heavy weights to get to the strength. That's the obstacle. But you got to go through the obstacle to get to the strength. So, you know, pick up those heavy weights, whatever that means for you in your life, in your your business, whatever. The reason why the Jews are so tight knit is because they've been oppressed. And so that's why I love the Jew story so much, because I look at two different groups of people that were oppressed in two different reactions. One led to wealth and one led to poverty, I guess is what you could call it. But both groups went through oppression. One group just chose to find a way to use that oppression to make them better. So for example, they started these Jewish law firms and they're like, hey, we started these Jewish law firms because we already know they're not going to hire at their firms. And now those Jewish law firms are the elite law firms in the nation. Now those Jewish investment firms are the elite investment firms in the nation. They went so far as to say, you know what, Warren Buffett, I'm not going to hire you because you can go down there and you can get a job at these other firms. But little Jew, man, he can't. And I don't think we have that resolve. We'd be like, that's Warren Buffett, man. We got to get him in there. And then we'd be selling out our community over here for chasing a buck. When there's things that are more important than a dollar, there are things that are more important than money in the bank, like retaining control of something that's going to allow you to create jobs, that's more powerful than hundreds of millions of dollars. And that's why they're willing to give you hundreds of million dollars. That's why they're willing to give you cash for your asset because they know that there's value in the asset, not in the cash. They know that there's value in that property, that land that is close to downtown Manhattan or downtown LA or Inglewood because they know the value of the land is more important than the dollar. It's going to appreciate and grow. It's going to cash flow. And so, we have to be willing to forego certain things, but also just learning how we adapt and adjust to the difficult things that get thrown at us. We can rise above or we can crumble and nobody gets better when they look at the weights and they don't lift them. You don't get any stronger when you lifted the weights and you're like, oh, those weights are too heavy. I can't lift those. Tokes is on here. It's like, lift up and try. And if you can't lift it up, all right, well, still base your workout based on if you did lift that up. And then when you circle back to it a week from now, two weeks from now, you'll probably be able to get it up. But we got to put together the process of being able to lift our own weight instead of putting together the process of telling people how difficult it is. We'd be like, oh man, it's it's 45 pounds on each side. Don't you know that the bar is 45? Don't you know it's hot outside? Don't you know I don't got no true nutrition? Don't you know? Don't you know? We could, we could, we could list all the stats and all the data. We could tell you all the numbers. Tone Talks is good for that. We broke. 
I was thinking about this this morning. I was like, Tone Talk said that the average African-American is worth $1,700. I was like, I'm glad I'm not trying to be the average African-American. I don't want to be average. I want to do everything to be above average. And that means I can't do what the average person's doing. That means I can't go where the average person's going. That means I can't watch what the average person's watching. That means I can't listen to what the average person's listening to. I can't wear what the average person's having or wearing. And I can eventually get more than that. But we try to reduce people and say, since the average is only 1700 therefore you can only have 1700 and not saying, well, what can you do better or different? What can you improve? What can you learn? What can you maneuver? What can you make happen for yourself that will allow you to not be the average? Like, what are you going to do as opposed to just sitting down, looking at all the damn obstacles all the time? You're going to always run into, I'm running, I'm facing multiple obstacles in business right now. I don't really talk about it, but I literally have multiple problems on my plate at this moment, but I never see it as a reason to quit. I see it as a reason to get better. We're doing a duplex. I never really had to duplex before. Every time I do another project, it's a different task. It's something bigger. It's something more bold. And what happens is on the other side of that, I can do even more stuff. I look at a fire damaged property like, all right, whatever. All right. I see the roof. I see the water coming through the drywall. All right. I got to get a roof. I got to patch it up. Before I was super afraid of a roof. I was like, a roof? That's expensive. I ain't trying to do no roof. And now I do roofs in my sleep. I was afraid of having to replace a furnace and a hot water tank. Now I do it in my sleep. I got a number. I text to do blah, blah, another numbers. And so you don't get better by not lifting the weights. You don't get better by not running. That's how you get better is by doing the work. Doing the work. Now, you said if black men focus as hard on business and wealth as we do football and pro basketball, what could we accomplish? Um, Folks are smart, man. They know. I brought this up because they're just talking about all these different trade moves and everybody knew who this player was and this guy's good and that guy's good and Man, they going to the chip now. And I was like, that's, we know a lot about sports and we don't know a lot about business or stocks or real estate or development or how to get a law passed. And I was like, why are we so like, it's so crazy. I feel like the, and I said this before, I was like, the more that you earn, the less you really care about professional sports. Like I'm more focused on making more money than I am on watching some stranger in a helmet score a touchdown. I watch one game and that's it. And that is the Chargers. And I watch them religiously and that's it. I might've watched the Tampa Bay Bucks this, this, week and that's because I was waiting for the Charger game to come on but I wasn't in there like I hope they win this is great I'm all tuned in but like those late night games I'm not watching those late night games I turn them right off I was um last night Sunday night football came on and it was like the Patriots versus somebody it was actually supposed to be a pretty good game of the Ravens and I was like I'm not gonna watch this it's a waste of my time I put in a course I watched the course and I learned further my education on options trading and then this morning I woke up and I watched a course on uh financing business financing your rental property with small banks. And I was like, I'm not going to fill my head with useless information. Like, I think once you figure out what you can attain, you really don't have time for that bullshit. And so I think as a community, we got to realize like we are losing, we are last. And I think sometimes we run to sports as an escape, just like we run to alcohol and drugs as an escape. And the problem with escapes is they allow you to not feel the pain. And so sometimes you got to feel the pain of lack of progress, because if you feel the pain, a few things could happen. You can be miserable or you can just act. And we want to use that pain to inspire us to act because the action is going to yield great things in our lives. Whereas sitting there dulling the pain temporarily is only going to keep us in our situation. You get drunk to, to run away from your problems. And guess what happens after that drunkenness wears off? You still got the same problems, but you got to act like you didn't have them for six hours. And so I just want us as a community to forego the bullshit to chase actual improvement just for a temporary time. And then after we get some improvement, you can circle back, but you probably won't want to. But I just want the community to put that same energy, that same intelligence, that same intellect, that same strategy into building some stuff and improving our communities. So you have a couple of tweets that I think all go together. So I'll lump them all together. You said when you really get rich, you get to participate in the business through ownership only, through ownership only and not through operation. That's next level. You said the, the NFL owner has a head coach and a GM. His job is to own things, not run things. So I don't want to run things. Just run me my money. <laughs> that is, those are some fire tweets. Um, but yeah, um, I think about how like you have these organizations and they hire a CEO and the other CEO is well paid, but you still have like the shareholders and you still have like the actual owners of the business. And I was like, they make good money. And I think I had this idea it'll probably as it relates to sports is it's like, it frustrates me because the Chargers, they have a sorry team this year and everybody blames the coach. And then I was like, well, is it the coach's fault? Is it the GM's fault? Whose fault is it? I think it's the ownership's fault. But in actuality, 
morality, like the ownership, the owner doesn't really even control that. I think the owner might hire the GM, but the GM then hires everybody else that's underneath. But then I was like, that's kind of a dope way to run a business. And so I was thinking about just different deals that I would be kind of having in mind where it's like, I just want to put the money over there and I'll back you and you just give me a check. You just give me like my little 20% or whatever. And I just thought that that was like super powerful to aspire to that because that's like the true essence of passive income. And that's where I'm building these businesses too. I told Sheridan, I was like, you know what, Sheridan, as this team grows, you go from being the virtual assistant to the associate to the manager. And now you just manage everybody that works underneath this. And she's like, yeah, I can see that's where this is going. And I was like, that's dope. That's why you want to rock me and get close and do good work and not bullshit me and not shortcut me because there's opportunity and expansion in that if you put the work in. So um, yeah, that was a fire set of tweets though. Run me my check. That was funny. <laughs> so why what you t- tell about people is like the importance of just straight up ownership. I mean, like the benefits of just ownership, just even forget about cash flow for a second. Like, cause people might ask like, why would I want a piece of raw land? Why do I want to have my own house? Todd Consultant presents the Vending Machine Business Webinar. You can only have one job, but you can have as many vending machines as you want. This is your chance to see how we do business and how you can start your very own vending machine business. Avoid the mistakes we made and start winning. You'll be shown how we find, negotiate, buy, and manage our vending machine business, generating thousands per month, and how it has unlimited scale. To find out more details, hit us up on the link in the bio, on Instagram at Partner with Millie, or on Instagram at Todd.Capital, or just head over to gumroad.com forward slash Todd Capital. Like, what do you think of the less than obvious benefits of just owning stuff? Um, I think that ownership grows you um, because you become responsible for other things. Um, of course, through ownership, you, you get kind of indestructible wealth, and that's what we aspire toward is the wealth that you can't get rid of because you own something that generates cash, whether you work or not. <laughs> but we were doing a walkthrough of our house yesterday and he was just showing us, us, us everything. And I was telling my wife, I was like, they're showing us all this stuff because now it's our responsibility to repair and replace all this stuff. Everything from the air filters, everything to the smoke detectors, everything in that house is our responsibility now. But I feel that I grew just in that moment. I was telling my wife, like every every new level levels us up. So when we got married, that was a level up. When we had our first child, that was a level up. We're buying our first property. That's the level up. And every time we've leveled up, we've improved. When we went to go get my wife, car compared to when it was just like us getting cars individually, it was crazy easy. She had some cash for the down payment. I had some cash for her down payment. Uh, We both got the financing and they gave us a crazy low interest rate with a great bank. But before that, we were just getting bullshit. Like they were like, oh, we don't give you 10% interest at some random bank. Nobody knows. Now they're like, oh, well, we have the super low interest rate and you can get it at Chase. And so now like it's actually at my main bank. It's connected to all my bank accounts and I can see it and I can make payments way easier. And so marriage in itself was a level up um, because you become responsible, you become accountable to somebody else. And so then the homeownership aspect is just like, I think that's a big reason why I'm shutting down a lot of stuff. And the reason why I was up at like four o'clock in the morning, I was like, I just got to be up. I just got to get it in. I can't BS anymore. I have like, every time I step into different things, I have to take myself more seriously. When I didn't have a lot of responsibilities, I think I was playing. That's a big part of the reason why it took me so long to kind of blow up is because I was playing. I wasn't really serious. Honestly, I wasn't really pushing sales. I wasn't really expecting people to pay me. I was allowing people to be in my sphere and just doing it for free. And then after that, I was like, I can't do free stuff anymore. I'll It'll, it'll be fair, but it can't be free. I can't give away my time for free anymore. But that came through responsibility. And so ownership and all this stuff is the true. When we knew that we were getting really, really close to the house, I was like, what product can I create that's going to allow me to make sure that that gets paid for? And so we flipped a product. It's so funny, the advanced trading course, we used to put a trade of the week in there. And I forgot what product it was. We sold it for like 40 bucks. And then every week he was putting a trade of the week in there. I was like, bro, like that's stupid. We're just giving away free value for free. Like that doesn't make any sense. It's like 10, 10 videos in there now. And so what we did is we're like, nah, we got to turn this into a subscription business. And so now we got the, uh, the trade of the week and it's 20 bucks and we're going to put it up to 40 bucks because that's even, even undervalued. And so now we have 300 people to subscribe to that, maybe more 300 times 20 is 6,000 a month. I give him his three. I keep my three. I take that three and I take care of my responsibilities. And that's just one stream of income that I have. Of course, we have the dividends. I was talking about that. Of course, you have other things, but I'm kind of trying to create stuff that's outside of options, community money and gumroad money, because I don't want to depend on that. I feel like I treat everything like a windfall, like it's never going to happen again. And so I got to continue to hustle and continue to build and continue to create. So I would just say that like wealth, it grows you. Wealth makes you more responsible or ownership grows you, makes you more responsible. Ownership 
ownership allows you to kind of step into the ownership of other things. And so it's not even just that thing that you own. It's now I know what it takes. And so now I, I was thinking about this last night. I was like, one of the worst things that the, my partners did was just give me their money. I was like, you should have been involved. You should have been making them phone calls. You should have been doing the work because like money is it's not anything. The knowledge and the experience that I gained by doing the work on the ground allows me to buy as many as I want. I got the connections. I know the contractors. I had know how to get tenants in these buildings. It wasn't fun. It's not, it's, it's not fun, but at least I have the knowledge now and that knowledge can be duplicated. And so the same thing is true with us getting this loan on this property. Now I'm like, well, what else can I get a loan on? They're just giving them out. Like, okay. They didn't, they don't even lend it against necessarily you per se. They loaned against the property. They're like, okay, we're going to give this person a loan against this property. They are putting down this much money. We have equity. We have a good secure position. Of course, we're going to give them this loan. So you got to find more stuff like that to make sure that the lender is going to be in that position. If you find them a good deal, they don't care if you're black or white. They care about the green. Does the deal make sense green wise? And that's why I watched this course because that's what he says. Like, you can't be bringing no, like, if it's a bad deal, the lender's not going to lend on it. And you're going to be like, oh, you're not, it's because I'm black. No, it's because it's a bad deal. Go mm. find them a deal with some equity, with a good position, with a good upside, with a good comp, show them your experience, and that's going to make sense. And they'll give you that money all day. So there's so many benefits that come with ownership that aren't just like having the money to buy things. We always talk about power and control. When you own multiple homes in that city, now you got some say-so. Now you call the police and they and they they pick up your phone call. Now you talk to the mayor, he picks up your phone call. You can go to the city council meetings and you actually are respected individuals. Like I own 10 homes here. I own 15 homes here and blah, blah, blah. This is what I want to see happen. Um, it's just so much. It's so much more of an empowering stance. And if it was not, everybody else wouldn't be fighting to do it. Yeah. It's like you said, um, ownership grows you. Like I was saying, like, imagine you buy a, a raw piece of land. You got to you gotta hustle up. You got to find a way to hustle up the money to pay for the property taxes if you don't do anything with it. Then the next thing you know is like, man, I'm tired of just paying property taxes on a raw piece of land. It's not doing anything for me. Then you start thinking about ways to produce income or you start thinking about developing the land. So like you said, it definitely grows you. And that's what we should be looking to, to do. Owning stuff, not just making some money. Because then even if you make, if all you do is just make money and you don't own stuff, you got to give the money back to the people who do own stuff. You know? And that's why in my mind, telling black people that a home is not an asset, is kind of silly. Because then you rent, you make your money, then you you renting from others for the rest of your life. And that's no bueno. You got to give your money back to them. But anyway, that's what you're supposed to be getting away from. And on that note, let's wrap this up. You know, episode 76 of Tweet Talk the Black Wolf Podcast with Raphael and Charles. Be sure to follow us on Twitter. You can follow myself, Raphael, on Twitter at Work Money Life. Follow Charles Oglesby the third JD on Twitter at Real Todd Billion. Because people out there scamming and copying. Follow us on Instagram at Tweet Talk Podcast. Follow Charles on Instagram at Todd Billion. Follow the Todd Capital business page on Instagram at Todd.capital. Follow us, man. Come along for this journey. Shout out to the sponsors of the show. Okieffa Shades. Get shades for any... Ah, we got all the, all the styles for you, man. Okieffashades.com. O-K-I-Y-E-F-A. Shades.com. And remember, premium cakes need premium laces. Get your premium laces at getlacelaces.com. Shout out to investasateam.com. Home of the official merch of Generational Wealth. We can get the ever popular You Can't Fire Me The Boss t-shirt. And also, shout out to Pure Body Company where you get your all natural body care products like honey butters and lip balms at shoppurebodyco.com and for episode 76 of Tweet Talk the Black Web Podcast Rafael and Charles we are out Yes, sir. What's good, Tweet Talk Podcast listener? This is Donald the Voice, the official editor and producer of the Tweet Talk Podcast. And so I want to come to you to tell you I'm doing a 50% off promo. That's right. I'm slashing the prices 50% off. Donald, why would you do that? Well, it's because doggone it, it's quarter four. And I know some of y'all are ready to get ahead of this 2021 momentum. And so I'm here to help you. So head on over to DonaldTheVoice.com. Go over to the contact tab. Or you can hit me up on Instagram at DonaldTheVoice. Voice, mention this promo and let's begin talking about your podcast editing, video editing, or voiceover editing needs. That's all I got to say. 50% off. Let's get it. Let's go. Have a good rest of the day. Keep building, baby. Keep building. That's what it is.